Yo, what's going on, world? It's your homeboy, Cuff, with the Brain Surfing Podcast. I started my podcast with the goal of helping couples get a better understanding of why their counterpart thinks and operates the way they do. As time went on, I continued to do this, but with more focus on relationships in general. Like I always say, the way you view things determine how those things make you feel. For more raw, uncensored content, you can subscribe to my other tier on Spotify for only $2.99 per month. But like I said, it's your homeboy, Cuff. Come catch these waves. Armageddon Productions. First and foremost, I want to let it be known I let go of all hurt, pain, and confusion from my childhood. I realize that it's kind of the norm for people to see things from their perspective, and a lot of times only they see their perspective. What I want to do with this episode is help others understand that just because your close friends, family, group in the same household, whatever, does not mean you share the same experiences. Now I want to start back as far as I can remember and work my way up. So for those who are listening for certain portions, you might got to fast forward a little bit, skip through. But once again, it's your homeboy Cuff. Come catch these waves. Alright, so to be honest, from birth to the age of about 8, 9, 10, something like that, I don't remember much of my childhood other than stories that were told to me by multiple people, you know what I mean? I know my dad was in prison for, like, like from the age, like from birth to maybe about 7 or 8, I know my dad was in prison for somewhere around half those years. One reason why I want to do this episode, because I feel like when we think about our past sometimes, we tend to remember the bad stuff more than the good, right? And originally I recorded this episode, I put it out, and for people I spoke about, I want their input and to correct me where I'm wrong or give me their version of whatever part of the story I may be wrong on. So correction, my dad did 18 months for whatever reason. I don't remember being around him a lot like that in the first six years or whatever, but he did 18 months. So let me correct that. 18 months is what it was. Um, yeah, I know uh, my mom later on, you know what I mean? At they, He got out of prison. She got married and divorced. You know what I mean? Um, but from what I've been told, you know what I'm saying? I was always a pretty quiet, chill kid. You know what I'm saying? Kind of stood to myself. You know how you know how I be in the hood and shit. Like uncles, big cousins might try to have you sip a beer and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? My brother D-Lo, my sister T, they might sip a little bit, but from what I heard, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't fucking with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I didn't want to be around smoke, nothing like that. I was I was a little different, you know what I mean? Now, I don't remember fully, but I do. I don't remember doing this, but I do know what happened. This isn't like one of them little story things I heard, but uh, just a little, little, little something, little <sighs> crazy little I did when I was a kid. Um... Like I said, I don't remember too much of life at the time, so I can't say what was going on that might have caused this. I don't know if it was something at home. I don't know if I was just going through something. I don't know what was going on. But anyway, um, long story short, a teacher had gave me homework, and I ended up chasing the teacher around the classroom with scissors. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I obviously, I don't know what I was thinking at the time. 
that was different. I don't know what was going on, but yeah, that's something that uh that I did that was I don't want to use the word crazy, but it was it, you know it was wild. You know what I mean? That's something I did, and I ended up having to go to this one school where. Um, they would give us like points during the week and at the end of the week or the end of every two weeks we could add the points together like for being good and you know doing our work and stuff and then uh, we could buy candy at the end of each week or every other week something like that and I remember my sisters and brothers and them eating all my candy and pops I used to come to the crib with all kind of shit they used to be tearing my shit up <laughs> that same school would also lock you in this room when you was having behavior, behavior issues is a room that was like the, the, basically an elevator looking type room kind of carpet type walls and stuff it had a handle on the outside no handle on the inside and a little I think it had a little slit window I want to say I'm not really sure but I think so and most kids going there and just be going crazy and going crazy and they wouldn't let you out till after a while Her kids would be in there just going crazy just ah let me out let me out ah Jumping around, banging on the walls and shit, and they'll doze off, and you'll wake up, the door be open, let you out type of shit. Fucked up, ready. You calm down. Most kids will fall asleep. They let them sleep for a while, and then, you know, they come get them whenever, or if some shit, they wake up or some shit like that. But me personally, I was probably in there like two or three times. Probably twice. I don't even think it was three times. I remember, like, it was, it was only maybe two times, and, uh, yeah, I, wouldn't, I obviously didn't want to be in that motherfucker no more, so I must not have been too off because it didn't take many time for me to get right and stop being, you know, having to be in there. Other kids was in there weekly. It was crazy, but, you know, being a kid in a school like that, around kids like that, and having to deal with that, honestly, that might have been like the beginning of where I just kind of felt out of place or weird. Uh, quick little story. I was on a bus with my dad one day after he got out of prison and some man seen him with me and was like, oh, what's up, bro? You with your son for the day? My dad like, yeah, I got my little man, you know, happy and proud and shit, right? And then a dude looked at me like, yo, you with your dad for the day? And I was like, that's not my dad. Let's fast forward a little bit. Alright, now chapter two is a little different. Honestly, this is probably the best chapter for the most part. Uh, this portion of my life, I feel like was, just from what I remember, just from my perspective, this might have been the most peaceful, the most, um, the least confusing. It was a, it was a pretty good time, but I can remember, like, it wasn't, you know, I'm going to tell a couple of things at the end of it that, you know, there's only two bad things I can remember by this whole time, honestly. But yeah, um, somewhere around the age of 10 is like more where, you know, I remember more, and that's also around the age where my mom remarried, I want to say. Either way, I know she was with my, who became my stepdad, and, you know, I could really remember more of my childhood at this time. I remember staying down the street from my auntie Judy and her kids, and Bria, Jaime, and them, you know what I'm saying? We used to be with them all the time. 
My sister Tasha actually a few years older than me. She used to look after us a good amount of time for whatever reason. Her and my cousin Abria actually. And uh, speaking of Tasha, I remember her as one time, a little story about her. I remember she was finna fight some girl. And this is, I guess, is the thing the motherfucker did back in the day. But she came to the crib hyped up. You know, when we, when we get mad, like we we fuck around and be crying and shit. Like we some motherfucker. We we get mad and that shit get coming out. But we beast though. You know what I'm saying? We ready to go. So Tasha came in the crib, put Vaseline on her face so she can go outside and fight the girl. And if y'all ain't catch you, you put the Vaseline on your face so the girl can't scratch you up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and I don't know, <clears throat> some of y'all might, excuse me, might be too young to remember, but they used to have them green electrical boxes things. I remember they fought like right there by that joint. We had one like basically in front of our house. Like, share, comment the Brain Searching Podcast on all podcast listening platforms, including YouTube. Come catch these waves. I remember being a kid also. I had a little temper, you know what I'm saying? Not to say it fully went away, but I'm a lot more, a lot more chill than I used to be. Some kid that took my bike, you know what I'm saying? Came back with it, had a motherfucker titty in the tire. For those who don't know what that is, it's like, you can't ride your bike with that motherfucker. It's not hard to fix, but as a kid, I, you know what I'm saying? I snapped the fuck out and beat dude ass. <laughs> that was a quick little, you know, something I remember from that time period. Uh, I remember me, my brother D-Lo, my sister T, always been back in the day, we called a town boy. Whole time, you look back at it, she always liked girls. Like, you know what I'm saying? But she used to play football with us. She was better than us at basketball, some real shit. Tough as hell playing football with us, getting it in with all the boys. And yeah, that shit, that time period, like I said, was probably the most peaceful, chill time period. Now, it's, little, it's two little things that time period that happened where, you know, wasn't the best. So, you know, I, I throw those out there, but in that time period, each time period I'm going to speak on, the things that stand out, I want to make sure that I mention them. So, but yeah, um, my uncle was over before, rest in peace. And... I want to say he just got out of jail, prison, whatever it may have been, and he had some he had some girl over at the crib. So this, this is how I remember it. I was a kid. It's a long time ago. My mom, my stepdad was gone. He had a girl over there or something like that. He was telling us to stay in the room, us being me, my brother D'Lo, and my uh, stepbrother Dejan, right? So, or my brother Dejan. So we in there chilling. My brother Dejan needed to use the bathroom, so he's trying to ask my uncle if he can use the bathroom, and then my uncle... He was like pissing the closet and walked away type shit right now. We didn't take him seriously for real, but Dejan didn't know him. So Dejan ended up pissing in the closet. And then my mom and stepdad came home. My uncle just got in jail, like I said, prison, whatever it may have been. So he wasn't trying to have no altercation or anything like that, but you know, he, my, my, my uncle told my stepdad's son to piss in the closet. My stepdad felt the way about that. And then they had an altercation. You know what I'm saying? My uncle didn't want to go back to jail. So he didn't fight back. And he ended up still going to jail. I feel like when that happened, uncle ended up still going to jail because of the altercation. And I don't have a story with it, but to end this chapter, Lastly, it was a time a time where my stepdad also had put his hands on my mom. And if you ask me, just in my opinion, that was something that they was never able to let go.
understandably, like, I don't knock them for that at all. Or any other kid that wouldn't be able to. Yeah, I feel like that was something they were never, ever, they were never able to let go. As for me and my biological father, um, like I say, you know, he, was, he wasn't in prison no more. He was, this, this is my memory of it. He'll come around, uh, give me gifts and stuff like that. And that's like what I could remember, like as far as that age. He just, you know, Papa give me gifts, a bunch of nice ass gifts. I don't think there's no reason really to name them all. Because even back then, that was never really, it wasn't a big thing for me. Like, I think the gift thing at that time period, I appreciated the most. I was more of a kid kid. So at that time, the bikes and the, the uh, um, when that motherfucker wore um, a little uh, race car that could drive on ice without sliding, bitch was expensive as hell. Like, you know, like shit like that. Like, I remember the clothes, stuff like that, you know, so, yeah. Okay, so if you ask me, middle school is kind of where things got, you know, kind of got a little more interesting. So from sixth to eighth grade, I went to Olsen Middle School. And like I said, it was me, my brother, my two sisters, my cousin, who my mom adopted because her mother passed away. And then my stepbrother was there a lot, you know, my, um, my mom's husband's son. Now, me and my oldest sister, Tasha, we had the same mom and dad. D-Lo had his own separate dad. And then my sister T had her own separate dad. And then, of course, my cousin Shanice, she didn't have, she didn't have her mom. She had passed away. My mom adopted her. So she was there without really no parent, no mother or dad. My mom being her mother figure. So more times than not, the energy in the house was kind of like T and D-Lo versus whoever. You know, they didn't really bother me or try to pick on me or nothing like that. But in the same sense, my brother D-Lo did, which I found out in adulthood that, you know, I guess he had a little jealousy towards me, whether it's because I had my dad or because of the thing my dad was doing for me as far as his gifts and stuff like that. So there's plenty of times, it was more in the middle school, um, sixth grade and under elementary stuff like that where my brother dealer would break my stuff you know what i'm saying i had a like i mentioned in chapter one local troll car that can like drive on ice without sliding like he broke that just stuff like that messing my game systems whatever it may be you know and i looked at it like honestly growing up it was crazy because even though i was younger i was pretty understanding so i didn't really take no offense to that type of shit. it didn't really bother me honestly like it was kind of like whatever I never really valued materialistic things like that anyway, so it just really wasn't that big of a deal. And even though I was young, I was understanding, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was going through some things, and I may have had some things that he wanted. So it is what it is. Now, I don't really remember my, oh, let me go back a little bit. So a lot of times, like, Shanice was kind of alone, in a sense. And I had Marcia Natasha because we had the same mom and dad, so we had a lot of a lot of more similarities than our other siblings. Like we viewed things a little more similar, 
uh, our life situation was a little more similar. Like our situation was more exact than our other siblings, being we had the same mom and dad. Now us having the same dad also, you know, it made us feel like we got treated different. And I don't see how anyone could look at it any differently, you know what I'm saying? Before I dive into that, uh, I gotta mention how T and D-Lo was like Team T and D-Lo. They would pick on my cousin Shanice, you know what I'm saying, little things like that. Uh, I wanna say my sister T might've did it more than D-Lo did. D-Lo was outside of the house, was kind of a protector to Shanice as far as, you know, at school and she'll get into little things like that and she'll be right because D-Lo was her cousin, brother, whatever, you know. But in the household, T and D-Lo versus Shanice. Shanice very much so felt alone. I seen that she felt alone. I seen that she kind of felt like she didn't have nobody. Even though her and D-Lo went to the same school, it was around each other more than me and her was because outside of the house, they were kind of in the same circles, being around the same age and going to the same school, so forth and so on. Now when it come to me and my sister T, we didn't ever go to the same school, even though she's only one grade higher than me. We never went to the same school until we were in high school. Now in high school, just to kind of, you know, just emphasize how the relationships was as we were growing up, me and her had totally different circles. A lot of people didn't even know we were related <coughs> until I had already been at the school for, what, a year, year and a half. <coughs> like, people didn't even know we were related. And that's crazy because we stayed in the same house. You know what I'm saying? Now, some of that is due to the fact that my stepdad wasn't with us having company like that. So our friends didn't get to come over and hang with us, stuff like that, really see us together. But we were in the same school. In my whole freshman year, I feel like outside of the people who knew us outside of school, outside before. If you didn't know us before high school, the people in the high school had no idea where we were, we were related, we were brothers and sisters, none of that. They had no idea. And even when people did find out, um, I mean, I'm sorry, before people found out, when they, when they did come to the house or see us all together, they, they thought that D-Lo, T, and Shanice, and then was brothers and sisters, and that I was the cousin, not Shanice's cousin, you know what I'm saying? A lot of them didn't know Tasha because she was a little older than us. She wasn't around us like that. So it's a little different with Tasha. They didn't know her like that, you know? Now, the age of 16, maybe 17, Tasha ended up moving to Georgia. Now, when that happened, for me, like I said, my dad was kind of in and out. And I never, like, felt like, I, I, just at the younger age, honestly, I didn't, I didn't like, feel the love from him like that, you know what I mean? He said he loved me and he bought me stuff like that, but I didn't really feel the love from him. And then in the same sense, my mom, you know, a lot of times it was like, I remember one time, you know, you know, moms be yelling all in your face or whatever sometimes, you acting up. I can't remember if I even did anything, honestly, but I remember she was yelling all in my face and she was mad and just whatever. And I'm just, I'm sitting, I'm mad, like what the fuck, like, but I'm not saying nothing though. And then I'm just looking at it. She's looking at me and she's yelling. And then she looked at me and said, what, you want to hit me? And I'm like 15. Like, I ain't, and at the time, I didn't even know my, my dad, you know, her and my dad relationship like that. My dad used to put his hands on her. And, you know, 
I resemble my dad a, a decent amount. You know what I mean? We look, we look similar. So I felt like even back then, like, well, back then I didn't feel it, but growing up and knowing more information, it was like, damn, she said that because my dad used to put his hands on her. So it made me feel like, damn, dude. Growing up, I was confused why I felt like, you know, I got treated differently in my sister Tasha as well. But as in my adulthood, I'm like, fuck, like, when I realized that he used to hit her, I'm like, damn, was she looking at me seeing him? Like, is that why me and Tasha were treated differently because of who our dad was and the relationship that she had with him? Me, I can't say that's what it is because I don't know. I can only assume. But it does make sense. So it was a thought I had. And it's a thought that before I let all of this go, it was a thought that went through my head plenty of times. And I'm pretty sure that Tasha has felt the same way, whether or not she voiced it to my mom, I don't know. But I'll be surprised if she didn't feel the same way. And it's kind of the same thing with my cousin Shanice. She had reasons to feel like she was kind of, you know, kind of an outcast, you know what I mean? She didn't have her mom there, her dad there. We was all there with our siblings. Our mom was there, like, it makes sense for her if she felt like an outcast. Now, I'm a little all over the place. I got my little notes written down. You know, it's, it's semi-organized, you know what I'm saying? Just, just follow me on this journey. <laughs> But uh, yeah, back to my sisters a little bit. I honestly do not remember my sisters interacting that much. And it's crazy because they don't have that much of an age difference, but I really feel like they didn't interact like that. Now, one was more of a girly girl, kind of in between. My Tasha, she, you know what I'm saying? She, was, she, I guess she was more on the girly side, but like, you know what I mean? She, she, she had some, she had some uh, town boy in her as well, you know what I'm saying? But So maybe that played a part into it, because my sister T, uh, from birth, like for what I remember, she always been, we called it a town boy way back when, but as you know, time went on, like she, she liked the girl, goddamn, like we, that's what it was, what it always been. And I don't know if that played a part, maybe because they just were so different, maybe, that they just didn't interact much, but I don't remember them talking much, really, at all, which is, just to me, is a little, little strange. Now, before I end this chapter, I do want to throw a couple uh, a couple little side notes out there. And one being that I remember growing up, right? Because remember, my main point in this whole podcast is not to bash anyone, but it's more about awareness. You know what I'm saying? Like, you may be walking around in your life wondering why people may look at you a certain way or might not interact with you how you would like them to, or be in contact with you as much as you would like them to, whether they let it go or not, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can let things go, but your past can still affect your future and your present life as well. So like I was saying, I remember um, my brother D'Lo having football games, and my stepdad was his coach for most of the teams he played for, through Farview and stuff like that. So of course he was at the games, but. I remember my mom going to a gang of the games. I went to a hell of the games. Uh, I feel like we all went to a good amount of D-Lo games. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you play basketball, same thing. Like, we was out there, you know what I'm saying? When T played basketball, I remember she was the first one. No, Tasha was the first one to play basketball. And I was too young. I don't remember exactly how many of the games we went to. Although I do remember she was something like a little Dennis Robin on the court. <laughs> 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 she didn't really have much skill. 
But like, you know, she played hard, rebounds, defense, shit like that. But yeah, T was the first one in the family that really was hooping like that. And I remember we went to a good amount of her games. Like I said, same thing with D-Lo. My stepbrother and D-Lo played on a few of the same teams, so we were at his games as well. But when it came to me, you know, maybe I'm tripping. But high school is when I mainly played football, and I remember my mom and my stepdad as well, both of them. They only came to one game. Like, I don't remember, and then my sister T, I feel like she came to that same game that my mom came to. And I think D-Lo came to that game. I feel like it was one game where like, kind of everybody came to. And that was like the only game they ever came to. Now, once again, me, I guess being understanding, even at that age, I chucked it up too. Even when I speak about it now, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I still mention how you know, it might have been because I played defense. I was a defensive back, so for my mom, maybe it wasn't as exciting for her to watch that. D-Lo was a running back. He running, shaking, juking, you know what I'm saying? So I, I always kind of throw it out there, like, maybe that has something to do with it. But either way, for me personally, <clears throat> and I'm a man, so once again, like, she a woman. She might want to see more action on the field. I don't know. But me personally, any sport my kid is playing, even if I'm not into the sport or what they're doing, I'm there and I'm cheering. Like... That's just how I look at it. So at the end of each chapter, I kind of want to mention something that, that stands out to me the most at each time period. So at this time period, this is a middle school, even though I mentioned a little bit of high school stuff as far as the sports a little bit, but. Unfortunately, the thing that stands out the most to me at this time period during middle school was, how I mentioned earlier, you know, I felt like my mom would look at me and see my dad, and I may have got treated a little bit differently because of that. And I think the same thing if I see Natasha, you know, she probably can attest to that. But uh, y'all seem a little hesitant to even say it, so I'm gonna make sure I word it correctly, but for lack of better words, there was a couple of times where my mom made it seem like my dad needed to discipline me. Whether or not that was true, the way he went about it was putting his hands on me. And not a belt, not an extension cord, but like actually punching me. You know what I mean? Uh, black eye, busted nose, busted lip type thing. Now, the first time for me, you know, I remember thinking to myself like, like, she didn't know he was going to do that, so it wasn't, I didn't really, you know. But this happened three times. So it got to a point where, you know, I really felt like with her doing that, you know what I'm saying? Like, my mom doesn't love me. And with him just taking what she's saying with the way that he spoke on her, they spoke bad about each other to me all the time. The way that he spoke on her, it was just weird that he would take her word for it. And whether he believed her or not, for him to want to to punch on me, rather than give me a whooping or whatever, not buy me things for however long or whatever other kind of punishment. But yeah, I don't think punching on your kid is ever the solution. And like I said, unfortunately, that's kind of the highlight of um, the highlight of that time period.
I just wanna let you know, bro. You taught me a lot in life. You taught me a lot in life that just that that's, that's coming with me today. Each and every life situation that I go through, each and every day, I ain't never forgot about our talks when we were shorties and none of that shit. You dig what I'm saying? Used to talk my motherfucking ear off. I used to just listen. I ain't really talk too much. Now I'm a talkative motherfucker. I don't learn so much. Soaked up so much game from you. Shit from 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 the streets. Goddamn it. Even my OG. As far as mom, you know what I'm saying? Life is too short, man. Okay, so I want to start this chapter because the last one, the way I ended it, speaking about my mom and dad as far as, you know, my mom calling my dad. Um, the first time, like I said, I didn't look at it like it was her fault. I ain't put no fault onto her. The second, third time, you know, I started to feel like if my dad doing that without knowing what's really going on, and my mom is calling him knowing what he was going to do, it's like how could either one of them love me? And it just in my future, it just made it a little bit a little bit more where anybody who claimed they love me, just, it was just hard to believe, like, to this day. I also mentioned, you know, none of my families really came to my football games, and that was more in high school. That wasn't, that wasn't a thing, like, middle school, stuff like that. And that's not like, it might not sound like a big deal, but it was a collective of things together that just made me feel, you know, more alone and kind of stayed in my own square. And it made me feel even more alone and isolated because they went to my brother and sister games, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, damn, like, you know. But uh, freshman, sophomore year, my, uh, I, played, I played football. My junior year came. That's when my mom and stepdad had split up. And at that point, I lost all focus. Between him not being around and my mom always being at work, it was kind of like... I took on the responsibility of holding the house down, you know, as far as like making sure I wasn't people in the house that shouldn't have been there, you know, stuff like that. I had a little cousin, you know, we moved to um, <clears throat> Northeast Minneapolis. She was trying to, she was trying to have guys in the career. She was like 15, they, the dudes was like 17 to 19, like whatever it may have been, but the age don't even matter. Just, you know, my older sister T, she just, I. Eh, I don't know what it was, but she wasn't tripping about she needs having people in there. So <clears throat> I stopped like playing football just to be more in the neighborhood. It can kind of keep my eye on the crib, which like to this day is like, <sighs> you know what I mean? I'm not gonna lie, like, you know, I think that kind of altered my path a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, by the way, at this time, my brother had already kind of like he, he kind of been in and out a little bit, you know, staying with his god brother and stuff like that. So he really wasn't around that much, you know what I'm saying? Um, I remember I came home one day, my PlayStation, video games, all that shit was gone. Couldn't have found out my cousin. And another time I came home in the other crib over north, my mom and stepdad first split up and, you know, came home and all my uh, shoes and stuff I had bought for my summer job, all that shit was gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything was gone. And both times my little cousin had company over and I guess it was more than one person, but she was like dealing with one person while the other person was just in the house doing whatever the fuck they wanted to do, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. It was some crazy shit. But um, 
more things that happened at this time period. My dad was big on buying me shit and taking it back. Like this nigga would really like buy me shit and then like something that happened he didn't like, I guess. So I can't remember exactly anything that made him do it. Uh, but yeah, he'll take everything back. And like, honestly, what I ended up doing was with me and the homeboys, we did a couple of B&Es, man. We broke a couple of entries, you know what I mean? Like, I wanted to keep up with the shit that my dad was getting me. So, it was a couple of times where we, you know, me and one of the homeboys, I ain't gonna say his name, but we was like, fuck it, ran a couple of cribs and everything for some family hearing this shit. Y'all probably never heard about that or even thought that's some shit that I would have even gotten to. But, yeah, there's more. Now, a little side note. Uh, when I was in middle school a little bit, but even more in high school, you know, when I was starting to become more of a man, growing up a little bit more, I remember being in a room, you know, when it was time for us to lay down, and I basically talked my brother to sleep damn near every night. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> I felt like even though we had our stepdad in the house, he didn't fully have a father figure because he didn't, you got to accept it. You know what I mean? And I don't feel like he really accepted my stepdad like that, especially after the things that happened between him and my mom. So, like, I don't think he accepted it fully like that. So he didn't really get to take all of that in. You know, he might have rejected some of it. And, uh, you know, he didn't have his dad around. So later on in adulthood, I found out that he ended up telling me that, you know, I was, uh, he used to look up to me and my dad. <clears throat> I guess me because of those long talks at night, you know, just kind of showing I care and I'm here for him. And then my dad just being that street dude, coming up, giving the kids money and, you know what I mean? Just doing little shit like that. But yeah, uh, my 11th grade year, I was planning to play football, take it to the next level, and I just ended up, like, you know, this is kind of, like I said, I want to end every section with kind of a, a highlight of each portion of my life. And the highlight of this time period when high school really was 11th grade when, uh, maybe it's a low light, but... <laughs> That's when I just, I, I was planning to take football even more serious, and I was, you know, looking for the scholarships, and I was, I was trying to, you know, I wanted to go to Michigan State. Like, I was really, I had some plans. Not saying I was going to do this and do that. I don't know where it would have went. It might have went nowhere, but I had plans to do things, and I ended up more staying home or watching over the crib. Not saying anybody asked me to. It's just kind of a decision I made because I felt like, you know, even though my sister T was a year older than me, I felt like, you know, I was a little bit more responsible and would probably look over the crib more along the lines of how my mom would want me to. So, yeah, that's chapter four, which is covering more of the high school years. Yeah, and a little slight um, side note. Me and my stepbrother, for whatever reason, were more close than me and my real brother were growing up. Um, yeah, I was closer to him than I was my real siblings, other than my sister Tasha, but she moved to Georgia when she was like 15, 16, 17, can't remember exactly what it was, and at that time, like, I, you know what I'm saying, like, she was the person I was the most close to at first, and then she moved away, and like, I kind of felt alone, but then, you know, my stepdad was there, and that's kind of where... He kind of took the spot of what me and my sister Tasha was, I guess.
this chapter, we're going to turn up a little bit, right? Leaning more to adulthood and more how things are now. I'm going to start with a bunch of stories and a bunch of situations and shit to kind of just explain how shit is now, right? So one little story, you know, throw my dad back in here. He ain't get mentioned too much because, like I said, he was kind of in and out. And uh, we had a good relationship, but, like, it wasn't the best father-son relationship. I remember the time I was going to get married and shit, he had called me. And I always felt like my dad, he, he getting in a bad enough mood. And my sister said the same thing, too. He'll kind of call you, and you can tell he in that bad mood. He kind of take it out on you. So just like, you know, how I said, my mom called him a few times, and this nigga, you know, he did what he did. He put his hands on me, right? Um, he was asking me about my wedding and if I was wearing a suit or a tux. And at this point, I swear to y'all, no bullshit. I had just stopped doing the planning, everything, like, Lit my blunt to lay down for the night. I probably took like two puffs and here you go calling, right? Asking the suit or a tux. Me, honestly, this is me for real. I didn't give a fuck about none of that. As long as I looked nice and like the pastor was there, the person there to be a witness to sign the paper, and then my wife-to-be was there for us to get married. Other than that, I ain't care about nothing else. Like, for real, right? <clears throat> so he asked me these questions, and then instead of telling him that, at first I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm not even big into dressing up like that, so I'm not even sure if it's a suit, is it a tux, like, ah, I'm not even sure. So I ended up sending him a picture, he like, son, that's obviously a tux. You see how yada, 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 yada. I'm like, okay, cool. Man, long story short, he just kept going on and on and started talking, like, he just kept getting aggressive. And next thing you know, I, you know, before he got over the, over the hump, what made him really take it there is when I had said how, what I just told y'all basically, like, Dad, look, all I care about as far as this wedding is that we look nice, she's there, the pastor's there, and the person we need as a witness to sign the paper is there. I don't care about nothing else, like, what music getting played, what colors we got on, you know what I mean, if it's a suit or it's a tux, I don't care who's there, I don't, you know, I don't, none of that. Oh, so you don't care if I'm there? I said, I'm not pointing you out. I'm saying, I don't care who comes, who don't come. And he's like, okay, well, son, I'm really asking your ass about. I'm really asking your ass about the suit or the tux because I wanted to know if you're going to have cuff leaks on and all that shit like that. And his whole thing was, I'm just trying to make sure I don't come there dressed better than the groom. And once again, I'm trying to tell him, Dad, even if you did, like, I wouldn't care. Well, it's tradition for the groom to be dressed the best. I said, Dad, if, if it's my wedding, Everyone there should respect it to be how I want it to be. And that's something I don't care about. He didn't understand that. Next thing you know, he argued with me about, okay, that's why I'm going to see your kids before you. Because my kids, mother, I took my kids, um, or our kids to Texas without my consent. He said he's going to see my kids before me and be in their life more before me. And all kind of just was talking crazy and how he take me out of his will and just, it's a whole bunch of, whole bunch of crazy shit, and I, you know, basically I was like, alright, well fuck it, fuck you, whatever, and then we had six years straight where we didn't talk. I have, actually have an episode where I covered that whole situation, and me and him had our first conversation, y'all can check that on all podcast listening platforms. I thank God, you know what I'm saying, and I sent you that text that I know.
know you're going to be a better man in the end of this. They were scared. And I see the, I see the power that you have. You have my, like, like when you walk in a place, you don't have to have no jewelry. You don't have to be real dressed. You don't have to say nothing. And, 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 you, and, 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 and the crowd will focus on you. You have that power. And I'm seeing all these fucking things about my son. And I just, you just don't know how I felt. Oh, man, I couldn't sleep. I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I be trying to figure out, like, why a motherfucker want you to be loyal to them. They ain't loyal to you. I don't, I don't really get this. Be trying to show love and pride because they done told people they don't fuck with you in public and shit. I don't be understanding that shit, nigga be feeling sleep way about bitches and come on, man, ain't no money what we doing. And look, I can go on and on, but honestly, I want to wrap this up and I'm going to tell a little bit more, but I'm going to wrap this up real soon. <coughs> now, I have two kids and they recently, <coughs> they recently came here to visit. And during that time, my siblings, they didn't, they didn't put forth much effort to see my kids or do anything for them or any of that. And I guess at the time they had so-called cut me off due to something that one of my siblings counterpart lied on me about the person, the persons, the girl basically said that uh, I was talking shit about my family to her. And uh, I guess my family believed it, you know what I mean? My siblings and they had cut me off. So when my kids were up here, they didn't want to be around me. So they chose not to be around my kids. Well, one of them did. The other one came around me and so-called didn't speak to me because they wouldn't fuck with me no more. You know what I'm saying? Now, I tell that because it's just once again, like, like say I felt like, see, y'all don't fuck with me like that. Y'all never did. Y'all don't love me. Let's just say I felt like that, right? With everything I said throughout this, say I felt like that towards my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, other than, other than my sister in Georgia, my siblings other than her, and excluding my cousin Shanice. If I felt that way, towards them, if I did, not saying I do, but if I did, like, would that make sense? I'm not saying it's okay or not, I'm not saying I do, but I'm saying if I did feel a way, would it make sense? Would it be warranted? The whole reason for this episode, honestly, is just to bring awareness to relationships, period. You may do something to a person, may feel like it's nothing, but if they express that they are hurt by it, you should take that into consideration. If you care about them, if you love them, that should be hard to do. If they keep saying, yo, like the, our, our whole life, it was like, ah, you know, it was this, it was that. Like, I always felt like you sitting there like, oh yeah, you tripping. We was all in the same house, we all did with the same shit, like, yeah, you tripping. No, that's, that's actually, that's not the truth. That's not how it works. Just because you live in the same household with somebody you guys are raised together don't mean you have the same experiences. It does not mean you share the same experiences. And just because you and your friend are from the same area and had some things in common don't mean y'all shared, shared the same experiences. I don't know how many times I can say this, but I, I gotta I really, really dig it into y'all. This episode is about awareness. 
Like, I forgive and, like, first of all, most of the shit that I named here, it didn't never hurt me. Especially the shit with my siblings. It was like, it is what it is. It wasn't a big thing like that, right? The stuff with my parents, a little more deeper. But I forgave the people who need to be forgiven. Uh, I got past the, the, the shit that might have been holding me back. <clears throat> Honestly, everything except for, you know, I still kind of question when people say they love me due to, you know, it was a little hard to believe that my mom and uh, dad loved me, honestly, like, because of the shit that was going on. You know, no knock on them. And I do believe that they love me today, in today's time. But I'm just telling y'all what it was and how some of those things may have affected me. Now, you got people in your life who's been affected the same way. Maybe not the same situations, but they've been affected the same way. And you looking at it like, okay, that's not a big deal. They're being emotional. They're tripping. And nah, nah. Like, nah, like, look into it a little bit. You know, if you care about that person for real, if you love that person for real, like, talk to them. Like, see how they feel about it. If not, y'all go without speaking. Next thing you know, they pass away. And you never got to say what you had to say. But once again, it's your homeboy Cuff. Thanks for catching these waves. You know, I was on it. I was practicing and shit, so, like, it was a little different for me. You weren't practicing. Come on now. No, I mean, like, Come as far on, as, like, when I play with y'all, I would make sure yeah. I would try stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and still at that, you still was a teacher at that as well. Yeah, because I was watching. I still was learning from you, too. Like, you would tell me, but, you know. And that's what I, and that's what I, that's, that. and, that's, and that's, the crazy shit is this, though. What y'all never knew was, the only reason I knew that shit was, is because, be, like, I didn't play basketball after y'all started before me. Really, like y'all always would be for me. I was yeah. late. I played football at first, but uh, I did the same thing with basketball. I did with football. I watched the niggas that everybody said was cold, and I watched yeah. the people who were around my side. And I figured I wouldn't get no. I I would. I was hoping six feet didn't get nowhere near that shit. But I knew I wouldn't get no taller than six feet, so I would only watch the little niggas, and I would try to copy what they did. And everything I learned, I just start applying it. And when once it worked, I started who with y'all niggas, and I'm like. You know, I'm gonna put these niggas on some shit I done learned. You know what I mean? Right, true, true. That's really what it was, hey, though. Hey, hey, you, you locked me down. You locked me down. But I figured out, okay, boom. I figured you out your defense, too. And hey. Yeah, exactly. That's like Mike. We, we, That's like Mike. Like both of y'all niggas. Bro. I feel like, I feel not take all credit, no shit. I feel like, like my thing, oh, I want all of us to be cold. So when I realized, like, you couldn't go left that good, I started forcing you left and you learned how to go left. Exactly. It didn't say she was Mike. You still was a teacher too. Yeah. And I didn't even I didn't realize that. I'm playing against, you know, the same motherfuckers every day, boom, bam, far view, North Commons, all that far well yeah. shit. So I know these niggas and we get together, it's like, damn. Right. <laughs> different than you know, than these niggas that hey, hey you hey, make me better shit. I ain't gonna lie. I always and I always wanted to do that. I always wanted everybody that I fuck with, I wanted all of us to be the best at everything we could be. Like everything we did. I wanted all of us to be the best we could be in any way I could help a little bit. I'm like, shit, let me try to put these niggas on a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, even with, with the, hey, we can go, nigga, we can go to the rapping, all that. Yup, 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 with the yup. All that, I wasn't even good at storytelling, really. Man, we got all that shit together. Quick as hell, too. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. 
Hey, hey, that's my shit, bro. Hey, I'm t- to this day for real. Sorry for cussing. 